Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Let's turn to Psalm 100 today. Psalm 100, the power of giving thanks. The power of giving thanks. You know, in our world, there's so many things going on. One of the most neglected things we can do is to give our God thanks, and yet it is lethal to our spiritual well-being. Lethal. Psalm 100. Thank you. Good to see Jim and Helen Perryman back there with us. They've been faithful to come. Freya, Susan, and and uh, um, Becky's sister, and uh, let's see, who else have I missed here? Maybe that's all today. If I missed you, thank you for being here. Psalm 100. I want us to look at the, uh, the third verse. Know that the Lord, He is God. It is He who has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. And then this amazing verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise. Be thankful to Him and bless His name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endures for all generations. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. In the Old Testament days, the, the tabernacle was built such that there were entrance gates. And the, the word was, when you step into that gate, enter in with thanksgiving. Recognize that this is holy ground. Did you know that in your own personal walk with the Lord, the New Testament says that your body is the temple of the Spirit now? Do you know that when you begin to give thanks, you have stepped into holy ground? Hallelujah. When you begin to give thanks, you have stepped into holy ground as far as your God is concerned. Would to God that more of us would be aware of what stepping into holy ground is. It is not always some uh, experience that is rare you step into holy ground when you begin to give thanks. But he doesn't say to stop there. He said, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and then, as you know, Ron, Phil, as Jewish men, you walk in to the courts. You have the outer courts, and then you have inner courts. There's another level of intimacy with God in the courts. And how do you enter into that? With praise. Father, thank you. You are God. You are mighty. You are sovereign and Lord of all. This world is not my home. I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. I belong to you. You are my provider. You are my healer, my sustainer. You oh God. begin to give him praise for who he is. 
begin in the, in the, enter into the gate with thanksgiving, it's holy ground, and then get on in to praise for who your God is. Giving thanks connects us with the attention of God. When you begin to give thanks, you have the Father God Almighty's attention. Lord, let us shake. Let that revelation shake us, oh God. You have God Almighty's attention when you enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You know, maybe we should stop a minute and quit trying to enter into the gates with requests. There's a good time and place for requests, but that's not how you enter into the gates of his manifested presence. The Word says that we are to make our requests known, but we're to enter into His presence with thanksgiving and go on into another deeper level of His presence through praise. So um, don't hear me wrong. Don't stop giving the Lord your request, but start at the right place with thanksgiving. You know, and, and I'll get there in a minute, but thanksgiving is what attracts the attention of sovereign, mighty, holy Father. <clears throat> James 1 verse 2 tells us that thanksgiving changes our perspective on our circumstances. I don't know about you, but mine can get kind of difficult sometimes. I bet yours can too. James 1, under the direction of the Holy Spirit, verse 2 says, Count it all joy when... You encounter various tests, trials, and temptations knowing that the testing of your faith develops endurance. Why would you need endurance? But let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect, totally mature, and complete, lacking nothing. So thanksgiving and praise, giving God thanks for our circumstances is integral in the development of endurance. You know, the older I get in the Lord, the more I see some who have started out like a locomotive and ran off the tracks. The longer I am in the Lord, the more I appreciate those who stuck it out, who finished the race. Amen? Jesus said the gate that enters into life is narrow, and the minority is the one, are those who are, are finding it. That's a sobering passage. Finish the race. Giving thanks changes our perspective on our circumstances. How many times <clears throat> have you begun to be absolutely consumed with a circumstance that is overwhelming? only to hear about somebody else who's having something that seems far more painful than yours. But you see, that is, that is really, that's good that we do that, but what's better is that we look to the Lord in our times of difficulty and we recognize that God's working on something. He's working on endurance that has an enormous, enormous prize. It is our own maturation and ability to know the Lord more intimately. Giving thanks changes the internal atmosphere of our soul. Let's turn to Philippians 4. This is one of the most powerful passages, in my opinion, 
in all of the Word of God. God has used it in my life so many, many times to change the internal atmosphere. In verse 4, chapter 4 of Philippians, it says, Rejoice in the Lord when? Always. Again, I will say rejoice. Just in case you don't believe what I'm saying. Now, understand this, that the apostle wrote this from a dark, damp prison in Rome. I mean, this was not luxury accommodations. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I'll say it, rejoice. Let your gentleness, the word means under control. Let your under control spirit be known to all men. How do you do that? The Lord is at hand. You know what he's saying? The way you stay in control is that you rejoice in the Lord at all times, and you remember the Lord is right here, right now. Do you know when the doctor told you news you didn't want to hear, the Lord was right here, right now. Do you know when you walk through things that you didn't ever want to have to see, the Lord is still right here, right now. He's been that all your life, and do you know what? Tomorrow morning he's going to be right here, right now. The way we stay under control of the Spirit of God is the recognition the Lord is right here, right now. But let's don't stop reading there. Look at, look, look at what it goes on to say. Boy, this is powerful. And don't, do not be anxious about anything. Man, that's, that's, I don't know, that's a difficult one. Do not be anxious about anything. Here's how you do it. In everything, turn everything over to prayer and supplication. What does supplication mean? <clears throat> supplication is a request based on evidence. You got a bank account? Is there something in it? When you go to the window, if you've got something in that account and you, you put in a, in a withdrawal slip, you're, you're making a supplication. You're making a request for something that already belongs to you. Supplication means you go before the Father who loves you and you make a request based on something He's already provided for you on the basis of His Word. Everything by prayer and supplication with what? Verse 6, in everything by prayer and supplication with what? Thanksgiving. Understand, this is in the context of not being anxious about anything. <clears throat> Thanksgiving combats anxiety. If I begin to see myself taking on cares and worries and anxious thoughts, one of the best ways I can co combat that is to begin to immediately start giving thanks. Through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. There it is. Are you letting your request be made known to God or are you just fussing about the, the shape you're in? Are you asking the Lord 
Let your request be made. Not somebody else. Let your request be made known to God. Did you know that the God of all of heaven is inviting you to make your request be made known? In the context of fighting anxiety through prayer, through the faithful prayer of supplication and thanksgiving, he is saying, go ahead in the attitude of thanks and let your request be made known. While you're thanking me, go ahead and let your request be made known. Can I ask you something? What are you asking the Lord for? Nothing? Oh, well, then your asker's broken. Maybe you should say, God, heal my asker. I want to be asking for the right thing. If you're not asking for anything, you're not obeying the Lord. I hear people say, I don't ask God for anything. If he wants to give it to me, he will, but... Who am I that I should ask God for anything? You're a son of the king, and he told you to ask. That's why. You're a daughter of the king, and he hears the voice of his daughters. So thanksgiving is a, it changes our internal atmosphere, and it deals with the poison of being so self-absorbed. Shifts our focus. To the Lord, our provider. And then giving thanks sets the table for mighty, miraculous victories. Briefly, I'd like for you to turn back to the left in the Old Testament to 2 Chronicles. I'll make this quick. 2 Chronicles uh, chapter 20 is an amazing, amazing passage. 2 Chronicles 20. About the power of how <laughs> the table is set for miracles in an attitude of thanksgiving. By the way, um, you do remember the feeding of the 5,000, right? If you've grown up in the body of Christ, you know about occasion where Jesus was teaching and there were multitudes of people and just the men was 5,000, and everybody uh, got very, very hungry, and Jesus said, um, uh, they came to Jesus and said, uh, the people are hungry. And uh, Jesus said, we'll, we'll feed them. <laughs> and they were like, uh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. So what did Jesus say? They wanted to know, what do you mean by that? How's that going to happen? Notice what Jesus did. He said, get your focus off what you don't have and focus on what you do have. Here's what he said. Go find out what you have. So here are the disciples out with the multitude going around saying, anybody bring anything for lunch here? And out of 5,000 men plus women and children, they came back with a little boy's sack lunch that his mom had packed for him. Five pieces of bread and two fish. And they came to the Lord, and uh, after he had said, go find out what you do have, get your focus off what you don't have, they said, that's all we have. What is that among so many? What did Jesus do? He took that little boy's lunch, and he shifted his focus away from the need onto the provision. And looking up toward heaven, he began to bless 
he gave thanks, the Bible says. He gave thanks and then he blessed and broke and multiplied so that not only they had enough, but they had plenty left over. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Giving thanks is the atmosphere in which miracles happen. Anxiety and fear, not so much. But thanksgiving is the atmosphere that miracles happen. Now, one of the greatest examples of that is the Old Testament king Jehoshaphat. And uh, the word says there in chapter 20, uh, as he was king of Judah, the people of Moab, the people of Ammon, and others with them besides the Amorites came to battle against Jehoshaphat. And some people came and told him, verse 2, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Syria. And then he said, verse 3, and Jehoshaphat feared... But notice what that fear did for him. It, he set himself to seek the Lord. How many of you know sometimes things can scare you? It's not sin for you to get scared. The, 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 the issue is what do we seek when we get afraid? If you seek the Lord, that's a good result. He set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Notice He was a leader who knew that the spiritual well-being of the people was what was most important. So Judah, verse 4, gathered together to ask help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. And King Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. How about that? God grant us leadership that unashamedly stand in the house of the Lord. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven and do you not rule over the kingdoms of the nations? And in your hand is there not not power and might? So no one is really able to stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of Abraham, your friend forever? Notice verse 9, if disaster comes upon us, sword, judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this temple and in your presence, for your name is in this temple, and we will cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save. In that context, I want you to see something in the context of Jehoshaphat's prayer with all the people gathered for the purpose of prayer. Verse 14, in that context, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jalel, the son of Mataniah. How many of you know who you are makes a difference? You're supposed to leave a legacy of faith to your children. He was a Levite of the sons of Asaph in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. And listen King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord, thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid or be dismayed because of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God's. 
Can you imagine all these armies lined up to absolutely squash and defeat and kill and ransack the people of Judah? But they go to prayer, and in that context, God speaks through a prophet who says, Don't be afraid. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. Well, has God changed? What battle are you facing today? What battle does it look like there's no way you will ever be able to, to, to have any kind of victory? It's just so intense. The enemies are so strong you'll never be able to win. Maybe the Lord is saying to you today what he said through that prophet to Jehoshaphat. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's. So what does that mean? Look at verse 16. Does that mean Jehoshaphat should just shut it down and go away? No. Tomorrow go down against them. You see, the, the end results are in the hands of the Lord, but you've got to show up. God is going to show out, but you've got to show up. Go down against them, and they will surely come up by the ascent of Zen, verse 16, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Verse 17, boy, this is powerful. You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. The end result is in the hand of God. You just have to position yourself. Jehoshaphat bowed his head and set his face to the ground to worship the Lord. They rose up, verse 20, early in the morning, and they went out. <laughs> and Jehoshaphat the king said, Hear, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, and you will be established. And believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. Do you have... Do you have prophetic voices that are genuine and have proven over time to be true? You say, Pastor, we don't have those anymore. Uh, well, we should. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 13 and 14, to desire earnestly spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. That tells me I ought to desire that. They ought to desire to hear the Word and speak the Word of God about that he gives. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper, verse 21, and then, and when he had consulted with the people. Wow, watch this, it's what the king did. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now we'll look at verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. How much sense do you think that made to the people? Here's what we're going to do. This is the king. Here's what we're going to do. 
I want the choir to go out there in front of everybody else. I want our singers to go out there and just begin to sing and to worship and to praise on the battlefield. But they obeyed. They believed and obeyed. Sometimes God will tell you something that nobody can believe. Just obey. They believed and obeyed. Understand this. In the atmosphere of thanksgiving and worship and praise, God does mighty battle on behalf of his children. It is not only an entrance into his presence. It, is not, it not only gets his attention. It not only changes your perspective, but it provides an atmosphere to, for God to do what he can do you can't do. In all the issues that you are facing, are you, have you ever thought that maybe giving praise and thanksgiving is the atmosphere in which God will come against your enemies? I love that passage, and the Lord set ambushes against the enemies. There are other passages in the Scripture that says that sometimes when people came against God's people, when they worshiped Him, God sent a spirit of confusion in the enemy's camp, and they turned against each other. You got something coming against you? You got some enemies coming against you? Do we have vile, deceiving, fraudulent spirits in this world, in this atmosphere, coming against righteousness and judgment? Maybe we should pray, God, send a spirit of confusion against the enemies of righteousness. May they, may they defeat each other. That enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy the provision that God has for you and your family, maybe you should begin to worship and give thanks and praise and sing and watch God set ambushes. Maybe your enemies will become confused and defeat each other. If I see it in the Word, I believe God is perfectly able to do it again. Thanksgiving, people, is powerful. It's simple, but it's powerful. It changes things in the realm of the Spirit. Thanksgiving. Would you bow your heads with me? I want us to get into that spirit of Thanksgiving this morning. Would you just begin to give the Lord thanks for who He is, His faithfulness, His mercy, His mighty grace, His forgiveness, His provision, His, His mighty power. So many ways that God has revealed His love and mercy. Would you just begin to give him thanks? Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of life. 
give him thanks. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you. Praise your holy and righteous name. You alone are worthy of our praise, and we pray, Holy Spirit, that we would cooperate more with you in the in the expression of thanksgiving and praise, recognizing how powerful, how powerful it is. It's a wonderful gift that you give us. You're the source of every good and perfect gift. And how we praise you in Jesus' name. And all the people said, we bless you this Thanksgiving. We don't meet on the last Sunday of the month, but we'll see you in two weeks. God bless you. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.